Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Join me today. He's the host of Athenium podcast and the author of The Age of the Kings. It's Angel Jimenez. How are you doing today, Angel? Good, Alex. How are you? I'm doing good. We're excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. First thing we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? So I'm from California, born in Los Angeles. Um, I lived there my first 14 years of my youth. And um, in 2018, I moved with my family to Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, big change. I mean, you come from the city to the middle of nowhere. Uh, very different, had to adjust to many different things. Um, during my youth, you could say I wasn't the most athletic guy. Um, I wasn't much into sports or any of that stuff. Um, I was good at it, nonetheless. Um, I've, I was on a basketball team once. I tried out soccer, had a personal coach for baseball. I love baseball. My father would, used to take me um, to play catch with a tennis ball at the park ever since I was uh, a little kid. And so I always had a good arm and a good catch, uh, good catching skills. So baseball was like a piece of cake. Um, I was awesome at running. I don't like to boast, but I was good, right? That, that, was, that was what I was best at back then. Um, uh, that was around 2016. I took my team to state championships, and we won first place. Um, and then we moved. When we moved, um, it was a big change of uh, scenery, I guess you could say. And I hadn't really thought about publishing my book yet at that time. I must have been about 14 and a half, almost 15 at that time. And um, I started writing Age of the Kings when I was oof, about nine. I was in third grade when I started writing Age of the Kings. And I used to suck at writing. I mean, that's, that's the truth of it. Um, my writing skills didn't actually kind of come to me until I was in sixth grade. But, um, but Age of the Kings started in third grade when I was left home alone. And I was just bored out of my mind that day. And I sat down at a computer and opened up a Word document. And I decided I just wanted to write a story, maybe a short story, something to impress my parents, right? Um, because back then, we had this thing called Tuesday Night Writing. Every Tuesday, you had to write a paragraph for homework and turn it in the next morning. And I could not accomplish that. I could not write one paragraph. It was, it was far too hard for me, right? I would cry myself to sleep every night because I could not write a paragraph. So I wanted to impress my parents and write a story. So I started writing this story. And as I progressed, I started realizing it could not just be one single story. It had to be, it had to be longer, right? So I started adding chapters to it. And eventually it became a novel, right? Novel length. And um, around sixth grade, I took a big hiatus. I stopped writing it. Um, I think I just, I just dropped it. I got involved with sports, friends, and everything. And when I moved in 2018, like I said, big, big scenery change. And I underwent a lot of challenges, I guess you could say. Um, back in California, I was so used to always having a lot of friends, um, a lot of people around me to support me and uh, kind of give me some guidance, right? Because I think in the world we live in now today, not all your guidance is always going to come from your parents. I think some of the refuge that you seek is going to be through friends and people at school or whatnot outside your own home. And when I moved to Colorado, I was expecting a smooth um, transition from California to Colorado, but that was not the case. Um, 
I was always a very social person back in California. It was easy for me to make friends just like that. And when I moved to Colorado, all of a sudden, I could not manage to make a single friend for whatever reason. And I found myself, you know, cornered up against the wall because I didn't know what to do. It was a frightening experience at the same time as it was confusing because I didn't understand why I could not make friends. Um, maybe part of the reason might have been the different people, whether you believe it or not. California schools and Colorado schools are very different. In California, it's a much more aggressive environment, you could say. Um, you hear about, uh, you know, yeah, shootings at schools, gun, knife fights, and people getting beat up. You know, someone sold weed at school or whatever. And you move to Colorado, and it's a lot more conservative, I guess you could say. And it was a bit creepy for me at first how nice people were to me when I started going to school. Like I would sit at a desk and people would be waving at me. And I'm like, why are you waving at me? Right. We're like just going to school. So it was a bit odd for me when, when I first moved, when I first moved. And um, so, yeah, I found myself not being able to make any friends. And that's kind of the point where everything started to kind of collide for me. And I would, I, I would start to, kind of fall into a big dark ditch I guess you could say of self-pity maybe um, regret I had a big sense of guilt as well I felt that a lot of what was happening to me was my own doing was my fault so all these things were weighing on me that first year when we first moved in 2018 I had just started high school back then and throughout the experience I started to notice different things that aided me in my writing without me actually knowing it, such as by not being able to make any friends, I had to eat lunch alone. I was doing everything alone. So all I had the time to do was observe other people. So as I ate lunch alone, I would observe people walking by and listening in on their conversations, just two seconds of their conversations as they pass by. And you start to realize that by the end of the year, you know so much about them just by observing that you can write a whole paragraph about them by the end of the year, just from two seconds of the conversation that you hear that you eavesdrop on every day. And I started to realize that by observing these things around you, your surroundings as an author, you train your mind to be able to soak these, this information in and out of it, create a story. And I start, when I started to notice that, that's when I said, okay, I got to finish my book, right? I had only finished half of it. Back in California, my elementary years, I need to finish the other half and edit it completely. And that's when I started to dive into, um, into the, my publishing process and get the book out there and everything. With social media being such a huge influence nowadays, especially with the people that live in L.A. and you're seeing them all over media coverage and stuff. Would you say the expectation on how you're supposed to live your life in LA was completely opposite of what people think people are living like? Perhaps, maybe. Um, could you elaborate on that question a bit? So you talked about the difference between living in LA and right. the difference between living in Colorado. Yeah. Were you more out there, outgoing, because that was the expectation living in L.A.? Then when you got to Colorado, you weren't going to act like how you were because it's a different atmosphere. 
Yeah. So I think, I think you don't just act that way because it's the expectation of the environment. I think, especially when you're born in a place, you're molded into that kind of environment. You don't just act the way it is because, oh, people expect that. You don't, you don't think that, right? When you go to school, at least I don't. Um, I don't think, oh, I got to act cool because that's the, that's the stereotypes of the place I'm living in. I think just little by little, you get molded into a certain personality that goes along with that place you're living in. So yeah, definitely. When I moved from, Col- from California to Colorado, my personality had to change if I wanted to fit in, right? Because I had the personality that really blended in with California, but that wasn't going to work with Colorado, right? So I did have to change a lot of things unless I, I wanted to accept the fact that I wasn't going to be able to make friends and I would stay with the personality I had right now, which is kind of what I did. I'm stubborn that way. But um, I, I stayed with that personality. And the truth is, it's like my parents always say, peace is not something that you can just wait all along, all, all your life for, right? It's never going to come. Peace is something that you have to find within yourself, something you have to accomplish within yourself. Um, any fool can wait for peace all their lives and it's never going to come to them, right? You have to achieve it within yourself. Peace can be found every day um, when you wake up, same with purpose. Um, so when I started to understand that, I began to be content, feeling content with my situation. I started to feel, okay, I don't know what my purpose is right now. I don't know why I was brought to Colorado, what I'm supposed to do, right? Um, During this dark time, I had uh, feelings of why I was still alive. You know, if I have no purpose, why should I continue to live, right? Um, I'm kind of useless right now without a purpose. But when I started to understand that, I can be at peace with myself every day just by choosing to be at peace, by thinking positively and more than just positively. You got to go beyond positiveness. You got to you got to have faith. You got to have hope that, you know, you can make a change. You can make a change for yourself and the world in some way or another, whether you have skills in music, arts, uh, literature, whatever it is, podcasting. If you convince yourself that if you can make a change in yourself and you can make a change in the world, you start to give yourself that sense of purpose. So my personality didn't change from California to Colorado, but I did have a different perspective on life. I did force my, my mind to think a different way than I did back in California. Perhaps it was the lack of friends that I now had, uh, the, all the more pressure that I had on myself to find a purpose. If I didn't have friends, what was I going to do with all my spare time then, Right. So by doing that and creating that new perspective, it changed my personality a bit. And I did adapt a lot more to, to the lifestyle in Colorado, because I mean, if you don't do that, then you're never going to get anywhere, right? If you stay in whatever ditch you're in right now, whether it's a ditch full of self-pity or doubt or grief, you know, maybe you've lost a lost uh, a loved one. Um, if you stay there, you're never going to get anywhere, right? Your dreams are not just going to come to you just by sitting and waiting all your life you got to act upon them if you never act upon them they're never going to come true and when I started to understand that that's when I really started to um to to focus on what I wanted to do my my dreams my ambitions and such as publishing my book and starting my podcast you brought up a great point as I think when I asked that question I was going through that similar thing where I anytime you ask someone who's from St. Louis The question is, where did you go to high school? Because everyone talks about where you went to high school and everyone has an association 
based on where you went. So I went to a school where people thought we had money. And, but if you look at each person, that wasn't the case because we all came from different backgrounds, different families, different lifestyles. And I think you come from St. Louis, you have it, you have everything. And I think that's hard when you have that stereotype. And then I move jobs into the middle of the state and the income's not the highest there. And everyone's like, oh, well, you're from St. Louis and you have that. And I think that's just where I grew up. That doesn't make me who I am. And I think you answered the question perfectly where LA has this stereotype, but there's so many different people that live there that don't like what it has become. And I will be honest, I see the media coverage and all that. And I think it shows that there's more to people wanting to be famous in or that lifestyle. When you were growing up, you talked about you started writing. What brought you to start writing right away? Was it a way to express that you couldn't say it in words using your voice or it was a lot easier to write it down? So, yeah, writing, I don't think my writing journey started in third grade when I started writing the book. I think my real writing journey, my ambition and my love, my passion for writing really did start when I moved. Because as you said, you, you kind of answered my point is I couldn't, I didn't have anyone to vent to, right? I didn't have anyone to talk to what, through what I was going through, my emotions, my thoughts, my, my lack of purpose. I started to understand maybe I could use my writing as a way of venting to other people. If I can't get it through my voice, I should get it down on paper. But I thought I can't just do that, right? Nobody just wants to hear the venting of a 14-year-old kid and what he's going through, right? They want to get entertained. They want to have something that, uh, that takes them on a thrilling adventure or whatever. So I decided to make Age of the Kings or finish Age of the Kings and kind of tweak it into a way that it symbolized my life, right? Beside, aside from all the monsters and the dinosaurs and the villains and all the gory death scenes and everything, Age of the Kings is symbolically my life. It's my way of venting and telling people what my life story was, right? Without, act, without them actually knowing it's my life, right? Mm-hmm. But it still gives me a sense of satisfaction that I got it off my chest. I was able to vent to someone by writing it down on paper and creating an awesome story. I hope it's awesome. I've gotten good feedback. But that was my way of venting, my books. It's always been my way of venting. It still is now, nowadays. Um, everything I observe, everything I go through, I find a way to implicate it into my books and use it to create a story. Um, so that's, that's when my writing, my writing journey began, I think, when I first moved and when I started to realize I needed a sense of purpose, I needed to get to someone. And uh, so what better than to start writing a, a good story and entertain people at the same time? As you get older, were you able to now be able to express in other ways besides writing or it's still more comfortable doing it on paper? So I don't think, I don't think I've changed that much. Um, I'm not, I'm not a very social person. Um, I don't, I'm not antisocial. I love talking with people, but I'm an introvert, right? So, so I can stay away from talking to people, although I have a podcast for whatever reason, um, the better for me, right? So writing, I think is still my go-to place when I need to vent or talk, um, 
I, of course, my podcast is another uh, way that I kind of get to talk to other people and interact with them and um, kind of talk about similar challenges that we've all had because we're all humans, right? We all go through challenges and we all go through tough times and we all have to find a way to surpass them. Um, so the podcast is another great way, as you probably know, um, to talk with other people and kind of pick their brain, uh, see what challenges you can relate with. But to be honest, my writing really is my source of uh, venting and inspiration as well. Um, sometimes I find that I inspire my own self with my writing, right? And, um, and that's what I hope to do for other people as well. Um, that maybe my story um, symbolically can inspire other people to act upon their, their own ambitions and their own goals to go catch their dreams, right? Because like I said, dreams aren't going to come to you. You got to go chase them. And um, if you don't chase them, they're never, you're never going to catch them. And you're just going to be sitting there waiting all your life. And um, the day's going to be when your time runs out, right? So, so yeah, my writing's still my main way of communicating. Um, I don't think I've found a better way, at least. Writing's always been just the superior way of my venting and my way of communicating and entertaining other people. You talked about a support system with writing and everything. Looking at the personal side of what you were going through, were you able to communicate with your parents or did they not find out until the book? So my parents did not find out until the book, I think. Um, and even the book, I mean, I think we go through so much in our lives. Uh, you can't illustrate nearly enough of it in a single book. Um, I did have plenty in the book, but they didn't find out until the book came out. Because um, like I said, I was ve- I'm a very reserved kid. Even in California, I was very reserved. Um, I like to keep things close to the chest. Um, I didn't like to confide in people for whatever reason. Um, maybe it was my transition from California to Colorado. I became a lot more uh, confined, you could say. Um, not easily trusting other people. So, so yeah, I hardly talk to people about these things. Um, that's, that's really what I use my writing for. Um, if I didn't, if I t- talk to people more often, I think I would run out of ideas for my writing, right? Because like, as I said, all my inspiration for my writing comes to my own life, through what I observe. So if I were to talk to people and vent to people, that inspiration, that drive, that idea kind of diminishes and kind of fades away because you already talk to other people about it, right? So it's kind of like, what's the point of writing it anymore? I don't feel the drive to use it anymore, right? It's not fresh. Um, so that's why I, I don't talk to people that much. I just decide to use it in my stories and, and create a good story. What were your parents' reactions when they finally found out all the things that you were going through, but in a symbolized version? I think my parents have always been very um, easygoing. They've always been very supportive. Um, when they found out they were kind of, um, shocked, I guess you could say. Um, I think nowadays, not just me, cause I'm not the only one kids have become a lot more reserved, uh, parents and I don't blame them. I mean, it's just the, it's just the world we live in to, now today. Um, kids are very highly influenced by what they go through at school. And, uh, oftentimes parents are not aware of that, Right. Uh, kids are getting bullied at school sometimes and parents aren't aware of that either, right? Their kids are getting bullied, teased, mocked at school and their parents have no idea what's going on. Um, So I think they were a bit shocked when they found out, um, but they were also kind of supportive. They were by my side and um, 
and they helped me through it. Right? They said, all right, you want to get this book out? Let's get it out. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, my parents have always been so easygoing. They've always been so supportive and I'm eternally grateful to have them by my side. They've been one of my greatest supporters, to be honest, in this journey without them. I don't think I could have accomplished them, uh, accomplished this uh, because it's just, it's good to have a support system, anything in life. You can't do alone, to be honest. Um, you need someone by your side at some point. If you think that you can do anything alone, then you're wrong. You're bound to fail because it's all about people nowadays, right? Whether you believe it or not, and people will backstab you and people are going to let you down at times, but we're only human, right? It's bound to happen and you got to move on. Find a new network of people, find a new support system because you're going to need it, right? Especially if you have huge ambitions, you know? Um, But no matter what they are, no matter what your goals are, you have to have someone that you got to have a partner or uh, some good parents, a sibling, uh, a good friend. You got to have someone there to help you when you fall, because if you don't, you're going to be like me and a bunch of other kids, you know, that are struggling at school and they don't have anyone to talk to. Think about a kid who went through kind of what I went through, but they don't have a talent in writing. So they have no way of venting anymore. They can't even vent through their writing. They can't vent to people um, face-to-face. So what do they do? They just store that inside of themselves. And that's where suicide comes in. These kids don't have anyone to go to. And they subtly send signs to people around them. But they're so subtle that people don't pick up on them. But these kids are urging to talk to people, but they don't know how. And that's, that's, where, they, that's where they fall into into the unfortunate events of suicide. Um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to vent through my writing. I'm not sure what would have happened if I didn't have my writing. Um, so I think, I mean, when I think about our society today, suicide is, is a big thing up there that we should be working on uh, fixing or improving or keeping an eye out for because we're talking about kids here, right? I mean, adults, even also adults suffer from suicide and depression and all these anxiety problems. But kids are so high on that victim list, I think, because they're going through puberty, they're becoming adolescents, right? They're getting all these new emotions that they don't understand and they have nobody to talk to. So they're so vulnerable to it. Um, so every time somebody asks me, you know, what's one thing you'd like to change in this world? And I'd say, maybe focus more on helping those kids, right? There's a, a new terminology for these types of kids at my school now. We, uh, they call them ghost kids, right? These kids are literally invisible to the crowd because they just don't talk to people. They don't know how to communicate to people. So it's like they're invisible to everybody else, right? And I mean, imagine yourself, you want to talk to someone about someone you lost, maybe, right? You lost a loved one, or you're going through some tremendous depression, right? That you don't know how to handle or beat. Imagine not being able to talk to someone about that. Imagine it, imagine just storing it inside of yourself and carrying that with you everywhere you go. And people don't see you, right? You eat lunch alone and people just walk by you as if you're not there. It's got to feel a bit awful, right? It's got to feel a bit... Um, even claustrophobic, I'd say, right? Kind of like you're just confined by this entire crowd that doesn't see you. And, and I think that's a, 
that's a big thing that we should be focusing on right now. And maybe even through my writing, I hope to inspire some of these kids to stand up, right, to these impossible challenges that they're facing, these challenges that nobody else understands except except for themselves because they're the ones fighting it, uh, which is what happens to the protagonist in the book. And if you can see the hope um, in these impossible and dark times, then you'll be able to defeat them and you'll be able to surpass them. And that's what Age of the Kings is all about, right? It's full of death. It's full of loss. It's full of grief. It's full of twists and turns that are going to break your heart sometimes. Uh, But in reality, that's life, right? Life is going to take things away from us, right? We're all going to die at some point and we're going to lose loved ones. We're going to, we might lose jobs, right? We're going to come across hard times. But if you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, it'll make it much easier for you to actually get there to the end and to get through these challenges. I think you brought up a great point through my personal journey. I want to be friends with people that want to care about what I'm going through as much as I really care about what they're going through. And I've gone through those struggles with actually recently with a friendship where they didn't care about what was going on in my life. They say they did, but I always look at your actions. If you, if you're calling me and you only care about what you're going through, but I have to start the conversation about what I'm going through, but then I'm getting blamed that all I care about is something, but I never asked about anything in their life thinking that's definitely not a friendship for me when I'm the one that's been asking the questions and stuff. And it's almost like the apology doesn't work. Like you can't say sorry because you were friends for so long. It should be natural. And so I've had real friends where they will let me vent and they care and do something. And now with the age of social media and a lot of kids are posting cryptic messages. I think it's one of those where parents have to start stepping up. And even if it looks like they're getting into their business, it's better than something bad happening if they didn't get into those messages. When you're writing, was there ever a time where you thought, I don't know if I want to mention anything about this or use that in your story? Or like you said, someone is going through something in those shoes and I want to be able to share my message to help those kids or those adults that are reading these books. Definitely. I mean, I've always been very open to using darker themes or realistic themes, to be honest, um, in my books, because as you said, I want to get that message across. I want to, I don't want to be afraid of backlash or embarrassing myself or whatever. Um, there were a couple instances where I was kind of maybe, maybe leave that a bit out, maybe just for, to keep it appropriate for the age audience as well. Um, but most of the time I'm not afraid to, to touch sensitive topics or topics that people are afraid to address nowadays in society because there are so many of them nowadays, right? There's so many topics that people are just like, ooh, that's taboo. I don't want to touch that topic right now, right? Because it's just, it's not appropriate for us to, to dwell in that topic. But I'm not, I'm, frankly, I'm not afraid to touch those topics in, in any of my books, especially in Age of the Kings. I like to, I like to uh, experiment with every topic possible and make it easier to, 
reach out to that audience and kind of inspire them for sure. Have you always thought that the future for you is always going to be an author? Or are you on this path right now and wanting to pursue other things, but have that, not a hobby or something, but also be able to write also? You know, I think writing is a very, and podcasting as well, it's what they call a yo-yo career. Um, there's going to be times where sales are going to be skyrocketing and other times where they're going to be plummeting. I would not trust myself with just a writing career or podcasting career. That would not be safe, at least in my opinion. Um, so I do have a lot of other ideas as to what to do. Um, I'm not considering going to college for the sake of being wise, uh, financial wise. Um, I'm thinking about investing in real estate. Um, as my father did. And, uh, and of course, my family owns a family restaurant. So I'm hoping to work in that and make maybe franchise it um, and make some big money out of that, hopefully, right? And that should be my bread and butter. And therefore, I can peacefully focus on my hobbies and on my passions that, I'm, that I actually love, such as writing and podcasting. But that way I have a balance and I don't have to worry about, oh, if my sales and my books drop, what am I going to do? What am I going to live off of? Right. So I think, especially now, lately, I've been pondering and thinking a lot more about what kind of path I want to take in life. Um, I definitely want to help the world in a way. I think, frankly, uh, altogether, our world is pretty broken right now. Right. There's so much division among ourselves in the world nowadays. And it's a bit sad sometimes. It's a, it's a bit sad to see the, the division, the discord among people. Um, and I hope that whether it's through my writing or my podcasting or something else, I and many others can work to inspire people and show them a better way, show them a way to live in harmony and to not be fighting amongst themselves. If we're always fighting amongst ourselves, we're, we're never going to achieve great things where i mean it's like imagine a, a team of nasa engineers trying to build a rocket imagine them all bickering all the time fighting you think they're ever going to get the rocket done no they're never going to get to mars then it's the same thing with our world with our country if we're always fighting amongst ourselves we're never going to get anything done all those big things we we dream of we think of all those ambitions they're never going to come to reality if we don't start working as a team whether we like the other person or not I mean, you've watched all the horror films and action films when uh, work together with the protagonist, even though they don't like each other to survive. It's the same deal. Even if we don't like the other person, we got to learn to work together in one way or another, or we're never going to get anything done in our world, right? So that's what I'm hopefully hoping to inspire other people to do through my writing or through my podcasting or through something else. I mean, I got years to decide right now, um, but uh, but I mean, those are one of the big things I want to do, right? But yeah, in terms of my career path, um, I'm hoping to invest in real estate to have a secure foundation for my finances, and that way I can easily just also focus on my passions. You talked about hoping to inspire others. Is there someone or something that inspires you right now? <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, excuse me. 
Um, I think in the beginning, a lot of my friends inspired me. Um, Age of the Kings is <coughs> very loosely based on my um, on my youth and my fellowship among other of my peers. And for a long <coughs> oh, for a long time, um, they inspired me on on my journey because I wasn't always the perfect friend either. My best friend was, I mean, I looked up to him a lot. He was like, he was humble. He was just humble, compassionate. He was the most giving person. <clears throat> and that kind of, when I, <clears throat> when I moved, I figured that's the kind of person I wanted to be. I wanted to be more like him. Maybe that's where my, where that, maybe that's where my thought of giving back to other people and <clears throat> this inspiration came from. I wanted to be more like my best friend, the way he was with me and all my other friends. That's how I want to be with other people. Nowadays, <clears throat> I look up to a lot of celebrities, I guess you could say, like any other person. Um, you see The Rock and his lifestyle, um, what he went through um, and where he is now. And you think, wow, I mean, if he could do that, I just got to work hard. It's like he says, be the hardest worker in the room, right? And you can get anything done. So I think just like any other person, I admire uh, celebrities. But if there's somebody I admire more than any other, it's got to be my father, perhaps. I mean, my father's had a rough life as well, um, probably even rougher than mine. I remember when I was just uh, three, we were living in a small apartment. Um, we had just lost our house. And my mother was working selling pies, homemade pies that she would make and cleaning houses while she was pregnant with my sister. And I was, uh, I was at home or she'd bring me along with her when she'd go clean houses. And my father would be gone all day long um, to go to work at the family restaurant. And he wasn't manager back then. He was just a waiter. Um, and we didn't have a car. So he'd have to ride his bike with, carrying his uniform on his back to work every day and he'd come back at midnight um, um so i would hardly see him back then too and i think throughout my life watching him and how hard he worked what he sacrificed i mean he started as a bus boy that had no car and would ride his bike to work or his roller skates with his uniform on his back to work every day from like 6 a.m in the morning to 12 to midnight and now he's owning his own restaurant, right? And we own our own house in Colorado. That kind of gives you an idea and a perspective behind what it is to work hard, to have grit, to be hungry for something, and to not give up. And I look at my father and I'm like, that's who I want to be too. I want to be like my father. I want to have that grit, that, that perspective, that, that vision to not give up right? That if I have the time to work hard on something, instead of sitting down and watching TV, I'm going to do that. I'm going to choose to work on something, whether it's you work on yourself, maybe you go to work out, go for a run, uh, work on your writing skills, or you actually go to, to your job, right? You work at a restaurant, you work at a newspaper or whatever. If you start training yourself with that, those habits and that mentality, maybe it may not, maybe it's going to help you eventually right you're gonna you're gonna get places um 
as all the celebrities you see nowadays prove, right? Right? They're just they stand their evidence to the fact that if you work hard and you have grit, you're gonna succeed at some point. Maybe you don't catch your dreams. Maybe that takes a bit more. Who knows? But you're gonna be successful. You're gonna get something out of it, right? It's gonna have a reward, believe it or not. And people miss it oftentimes, or people get lazy. I've gotten lazy at times. I get lazy all the time, actually, right? But you have to train yourself. You have to train yourself to, to work hard, right? Because a lazy person is never going to get rewarded. A procrastinator is never going to get a good grade in school, right? Sooner or later, they're bound to fail a test, right? You got to work hard. You got to work hard. You got to have the grit. You got to have the hunger to persevere and to persist. And we go through rough times, right? Um, some more than others. I mean, I had uh, suicidal tendencies. I struggled with depression at one time. Some people are going worse than that, right? Some people are going to self-harm. Some people are struggling with the loss of a loved one. Some people are uh, without a job. They're living on the streets. They don't have a home. Like right now, um, we're uh, remodeling our new location for the restaurant. And we got two homeless guys working there for us. We're paying them a uh, minimum wage and they're working they're helping us work and remodel the restaurant. And we live in Colorado. You know how cold it gets here at night and they got to sleep outside in their sleeping bags when it's snowing. You think about the challenges that other people go through and it kind of opens your eyes, right? It, it, it enlightens you on what's going on in the world around you. Another reason why I started the podcast, I want people to know there are people all around the world struggling with the same things you are, if not worse right? And they're finding ways to surpass them. They're finding ways to be successful, uh, not just materialistically with their money and finances, but also, like I said, within themselves, finding that peace and that purpose. Talk about the mission of your podcast and picking back off on what you just mentioned. I think people work hard. They're hungry for it. They have the passion. They're going to go for it. And I think it shows that People can find success in any way. It doesn't have to be a monetary. It doesn't have to be reaction-based. It doesn't have to be, oh, it went viral. I think we all can look at success in a different way. And one thing for me, I'm some average person coming from Missouri, and I'm building this podcast. But when I look at the people that I've had on my show, I've had people I've looked up to, people that I've watched on TV, people that have inspired me. And knowing that they have that same viewpoint and that passion that of what I'm trying to bring on the show, that's my success. I know that I'm doing something right. And your story, you writing this book and the success and the reactions that you're getting, you know that you did something that you have a passion for and that you're wanting to inspire in any way. Yes, it may not gone viral or it's maybe it has gone big I don't know yet and it could be the start of something even bigger but when we're hearing your story everything you've done has had a purpose on making something better it hasn't been a self like a selfish viewpoint you're always looking at other people and that's what inspires you on your rise to the challenge and it's amazing to hear at such a young age that you are at. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, 
the goal with the podcast, not just the podcast and the book, I think, like you said, it doesn't matter if it goes viral. It doesn't matter if millions are hearing it. My goal is if one person at least gets my message, gets what I'm trying to say, if I can change the life of one person, I, I, I imagine myself, picture myself in the shoes of a kid that's struggling a whole lot more than I did. Like he's to the point where he's about to commit suicide, kill himself because he's got no other option. If I can reach out to that one person and change their life around, show them that life is beautiful if you decide to look at it that way, right? Because life is hard, right? Life's going to throw shit in your face. But if you decide to look, look at it in a much more positive perspective, you'll see life has beautiful aspects to it as well. So if I can change one life, one person's perspective about the world and mentality about it, that's enough success for me. That's, that's like mission accomplished right there. Move on to the next mission. Um, that's, that's all my mission really is with this. Um, aside from finding peace for myself and finding the purpose for myself, fulfillment um, in succeeding at these things, um, aside from that, it's just inspiring people changing their lives around or maybe maybe i can't even change their lives but as long as i can keep them thinking upon what they read in my book for the rest of the day that might just be enough to define one of their decisions that day define something that they do the next day or a, a way they think for the rest of their lives who knows but uh but that's my definition of success for sure how did you feel the timing was now to be able to share your story on a different forum? As you mentioned earlier, you were more comfortable writing it, but now you've started a podcast. You're now talking on podcasts. How did you know the time was now? I think, I think at the same time that my writing was my way of venting, I think it was also my wall to protect me from the outside world, to kind of shield me from it. Um, maybe I was afraid of getting betrayed, afraid of being ridiculed or whatever. And at the same time, it was that double-edged sword. I was using it for good. It was my inspiration, my way of venting. It saved my life. But at the same time, I was hiding behind it. And I didn't want to confront the world outside. And... I think when I started to realize that, I started to understand that if I really wanted to succeed in my mission, I had to prove that I was courageous enough to confront these people and talk to them face to face, right? Talk to them about what I went through without using symbolism, without creating a story, face to face, you know, the real deal. So that's when I started saying, okay, let's try it. Let's try going on podcasts, right? Let's just stop me interviewing other people and have myself also go on other podcasts to share my story. And so people don't just have to read my book to interpret it whichever way they can and try to understand what my life was. But instead, I'm actually telling them right here face to face what my life was and what I went through and how I surpassed those challenges. Someone that like myself that's been through it, I think if something you can learn is definitely stay who you are as a person. Never change how you are just because some one person said something. And I think a lot of people are going through that where they have to change because one person said that. 
we're all unique in our own way. And that's who makes who we are as an individual. What does the future, you talked about the future with a professional side. What are you hoping personally your future to look like? Are you having those friends from LA contact you? Are you staying in touch? Are you more focused on the people that you are around in Colorado? What are you looking at personally for the future for you? So in regards to my friends in California, at one point last year, I found out that if I kept holding on to them, I was never going to move on from California. That was another big, one of my big problems, moving on, just simply starting my new life here. It took me two years after we moved to actually start my life, right? Even after I published my book, I didn't actually start being happy with myself until two days after we moved. And the first step to that was cutting my ties um, with my past, right? Now, I'm not saying I don't talk to them. I talk to them every once a year, let's say, right? But I don't, I don't, I don't talk with them. I don't, I don't reach out to them. They'll reach out to me more like it. Um, Because I found that if I, the more I reach out to them, the more nostalgic I'm going to feel. And the more drag and pull back towards California, I'm going to feel as well. And I knew I could not have that drag on myself if I wanted to pursue my ambitions. So in regards to my friends in California, um, I don't talk to them that often anymore. And I don't plan to, frankly, I don't plan to go back to California anytime soon either. Um, I don't, at this point in my life, I don't think California has any meaning to me other than it was my hometown. That's where I grew up, but I don't have any remorse or resentment towards it. I don't have any anger towards it. I don't have any joy either towards it. It it was just, uh, it was a chapter in my life, right? Just as Colorado is going to be one day. Um, I don't plan to stay in Colorado either. Um, I've had plenty of good memories in Colorado, but I've also had some troublesome ones. And uh, maybe staying in Colorado is going to make it easier for me to relive them, which is something I don't want either. Why I cut ties with California. Um, In terms of just my future in general, I... uh, I'd like to work on myself a lot more, as I mentioned before, finding that inner peace. Uh, I think lately I've been focused a lot more on helping other people, which I, which I love. I love helping other people. But I think I also need a time to work on myself a bit, um, do things I like, other hobbies that I, I want to pursue. In life, I'd like to travel a lot more. That's something I'm, um, I'm a fan of the amazing race so I'm always watching the amazing race with my father because we just love to travel so we like we like uh we aspire of being on the amazing race and saying oh what would we do we would go to all these different places so I'd love to travel one day a lot more and just work on myself um I always tell my parents I'm not one to get married I, I don't I don't um I don't see that in my life or in my future I think I'm just a very ambitious person and I like to be on the move a lot so I don't think marriage life is compatible with me unless I were to find someone that loves to travel as much as I do and loves to be as visionary ambitious as I am Um, but in regards to my future yeah I'd love to work on myself and get the rest of my books out for sure I have tons of other ideas I'm like I'm ready to move on from age of the kings 
I'm just about done with the concluding chapter, the concluding novel to it. And I'm ready to move on to different projects and inspire people in different ways, for sure. I think you definitely got to be able to keep going and any ideas or opportunities definitely take it. You're also at the young age. So you could think about something right now, but in a year or time, it can definitely change. I think mm -hmm. definitely at my age, I'm not letting that affect me in a way mm -hmm. as it has with people thinking, oh, you're too young. You don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm at that time where I can show you, I know what you're, I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And definitely I've been able, I think during this pandemic, it's been a time where any opportunities you can do now, go for it. I think it's definitely the perfect timing where no people aren't going out as much as they are now, but you're able to write, you're able to do those novels and write those books. So it's definitely that perfect timing for you. Hopefully you're able to travel. As I always talk to my family and friends, I'm like, I want to go to Bora Bora right now, Aruba, give me yeah. a beach right now. But there's just so much going on. Yeah. It will happen. Just For sure. I will tell. I mean, if I could, I would be there, right? Yeah, now. I, I think we'd all be there if we could. Oh, man. I mean, I hear a lot of these countries that everything's normal. Well, normal or everything's getting there. And I'm like, it's going to happen. We're And it's a new year, new opportunities for all of us. The final question I'll ask you, for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome challenges, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? So usually when I'm asked this question, I like to give two analogies that I like that um, helped me a lot through my tough times. Um, I think humans are a lot like seeds, like plant seeds. Um, logically, this won't make sense to us because our brains just don't comprehend it, don't, don't understand it. Um, but simply, this is the way it has to work. In order for a seed to grow, it has to be dug into a hole and covered up with dirt, right? Logically, that doesn't make sense to us. We don't understand why a seed has to be dug up and covered with dirt for it to grow. Just put it on the ground and it should grow, right, with the sun, but that's not how, the way it is. You have to dig it up and cover it up with dirt. Therefore, it creates that push-through factor for the seed to push through and fight against that dirt in order to sprout into a sapling. And it's the same thing with human beings. We don't understand why we need hard times and tough challenges in order to grow ourselves. But that's just the way it is. Tough challenges, that dirt on our faces... It's going to help us grow. It's going to create that push-through factor. Nobody likes dirt in our faces. But it's going to help you grow because that's just the way it is. That's the way life works, right? Dirt and challenges creates character, creates strength, and it's going to make you stronger for the better. You're going to, you're going to eventually become a sapling. You're going to sprout through the dirt, and you're going to be able to grow a lot more, right? Beyond your uh, imagination if, if you let it. Um, another analogy I love is to people that are like just exhausted because I've been there to those points where you just worked your butt off like for the last years and you're done. You're ready to quit. You're ready to say I'm out. Right. But I, I like this uh, this uh, analogy that I once saw a picture about a climber who's climbing this mountain, this rocky steep mountain, and he's tiring out. And he just at some point 
right? Because he's just too tired. What he doesn't realize is that he gave up one reach away from the tip of the mountain, right? So you may not know where your journey is going. Nobody knows where their journey goes. Um, but you have to understand, you never know when you're just around the corner. You never know when you're at that tipping point in life where things are going to start going good for you instead of just upwards, they're going to start going downwards, right? You're, it's going to be much easier for you to go through life. You're going to start getting good things in return. And so my tip is don't give up because you may be just giving up just right before that tipping point in your life, right before you're going to get the good stuff. Don't give up. You got to keep grinding. I mean, if you stop grinding, if you stop fighting for what you believe in, for what you love, what you're passionate about, like I said, they're never going to come to you and you're never going to make a dent in the world. You're never going to make a change. And frankly, nobody's going to listen to you if you don't prove to them that you're worthy of getting listened to, that you fought your battle, you've surpassed your challenges. Nobody wants to listen to you, right? You want to prove to them that you've worked hard, that you've made a change, right? That you've surpassed your challenges. Um, because, I mean, that's just the way the world works. And I think not just to be successful, not just to inspire other people, it does to surpass these challenges. It does you good to, to, to persevere and persist through these obstacles because if you understand that they're going to make you stronger and better, they're going to help you mature, then you start to convince yourself that it's a good thing. Despite that it hurts, it's a good thing. And that helps you mature. That helps you grow as well. Uh, that helps you through that push-through factor, the dirt, um, and, uh, and and sprout to a sapling. So that's my tips. Those are my advices. That's, uh, that's what I would have wished someone told me when I was going through these tough times. Um, I remember when I first moved that first year, uh, 2018, so 2019, about a year later, I decided to go back to California to visit my friends and to say goodbye and everything. Um, not a good idea, right? That just created more of that uh, drag back to California. But nevertheless, that's what I did. But I remember I was uh, listening to a, a sermon or a motivational speaker or whatever about this. This guy was talking about um, tough, tough times and people going through these tough times. And he says that you may feel like people don't understand you and like people don't understand the emotions that you're going through and what you're going through, uh, the, the challenges that you're suffering from these crucibles. Um, and in my mind, I thought to myself, don't be crazy, man. Right? Of, of course they understand you, right? They've gone through the same things you've have. They, they, they can relate with you, right? Especially parents and stuff like that. And then the guy says, it's okay. They don't. And I just remember almost bawling myself, right? This was the point where I was deciding whether to go back to California or not. And I remember just dropping to my knees and like feeling relieved that I wasn't going crazy, right? That when I told some people about this sometimes, when I let these subtle signs come out, they were like, hey, don't worry about it, right? Be strong, right? We all go through these things, toughen up. I finally knew they don't understand sometimes. Sometimes we do go through things that people don't understand, that only we understand, and we have to learn to surpass them. And so my final piece of advice is don't think that everyone's going to understand you. Sometimes people won't understand you. 
Sometimes people won't understand your ambitions or what you want to do in the world. Sometimes they won't understand why you do the things you do. Just keep grinding, keep fighting and prove them wrong. Do less talking and just prove them wrong. The more time you waste talking to people and telling them what you want to do and your dreams and your goals, the more likely they're not going to come to reality. Right? Stop talking, shut up and just prove them wrong. Shut them up right? Prove them wrong and show them this is what I did, right? That's my final piece of advice to everyone listening and to people who want to go after their dreams and ambitions. And, and I assure you, you're bound to succeed with enough grit and enough hunger and success. You're bound to succeed at something. Well, Angel, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You definitely are telling everyone and inspiring so many people. And we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thank you, Alex. I had a blast being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for the full-length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.